not Weston. And tonight, I'm joined by the last person in the world I want to be talking to right now. How are you doing today, Taylor? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. I'm in too good of a mood for you to ever throw it off right now with your negativity. All I know is Cowboys may be back. Yeah, po- they've been back for every week now. Every time they win a game, they're back. <laughs> well, I don't... See, the problem is, is you didn't even watch last night, so I can't even tell you about the greatness because you wait till the end of the week to watch all the games. Well, all right, so on Sunday, I didn't get a chance to watch any condensed games. I was driving, I was playing uh, planes, trains, automobiles. So I watched the games last night, so now I don't, I don't watch any games live except for Houston. You are the worst host of all time. No, I got, you, I'm not here to talk me? about you Dallas, I'm worst. here to talk about Steelers, Chargers. I'm here talking about Niners, Seahawks. I'm not here to talk about Dallas. I'm here to talk about the Cowboys and the Saints. Why else do you invite me on this show but to talk about the Cowboys? Do your gloating. All right, all right, all right. Thank you, thank you. So, greatest Thursday night game of all time? I'm going to say so. This is the game I talk about. This is what I love to watch whenever it comes to this game versus the Rams versus the Chiefs game. That's a sloppy, disgusting game where – Points are just being scored because everything is bad. This was a game where every single play, it may have been boring to some, 13-10, but every single play, something happened. Did they tackle well in this game? Oh, my God. Vander Esch and Jalen Smith, they are the greatest linebacker duo on planet Earth right now. Jalen Smith tracks down. He should have got a penalty at the end of the game. Who cares? The refs missed so many calls. Vander Esch, by the way. It has been worth that 16th pick. He's, I can't he's been believe a, it. He's recognized the game a lot quicker. Like, it's like insane. His, his first game he started, we talked. I was like, I think he's slow. Yeah, yeah. We thought that he wasn't that great. And then, like, he just picked up the game super fast. It's very interesting. Um, Sean Lee is healthy, and he's just in street clothes at this point. And really. He's never going to have pads on again when it comes to Dallas. He's going to be sending out his resume mm-hmm. to all the other teams. Because, let's face it. Jalen Smith and Van Der Escher are a wonderful duo. And then you had Demarcus Lawrence. Oh, my I mean, Lord. Saxon, yeah. He only had one. Man, two tackles. But the man, it's, he put pressure on Drew Brees to where it made Drew Brees make bad decisions the entire game. Was he rushing against the left or right side? It was both. He both. was all over the place. How was Gregory? Was he pretty good? Don't even get me started like on Gregory. Gregory. Yeah, that's great. Gregory almost played for the other team and almost blew it for the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> with two penalties. That's how I like Gregory. End. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you are loving it. Too bad you didn't even watch the damn game. He's like a big windmill. He's just like this. The other thing I wanted to talk about, though, is the offense. And that's just because... Dak almost tried to blow it again with that fumble at the end. I mean, I love Dak, and he's playing great, and he picked up first downs with his legs. He was making smart decisions. It's just he's so sloppy holding the ball in his hand. It's so loosey-goosey, and it's it's weird. And then Watson does the same thing sometimes, too. It, I guess it's because it's the mobile quarterbacks where they're constantly moving. Where and they, they can maybe throw. Yeah, exactly, and so they – they don't know where they're really going with the ball, so it's kind of just hanging out there. Zeke, Zeke was fine. The problem is, he looks, man, Fat Boy was running <laughs> out of steam on certain plays. Right. He had to be saying, get me off the field and go to the sideline and get some oxygen. He ate too much damn turkey on Thanksgiving. I mean, he was huffing and puffing. Good Lord. <laughs> I hate that you didn't watch this game because 
I listen to so much garbage throughout the week of people saying the Saints are the greatest team. How, oh, Drew Brees is going to put up 30 points on you, Taylor. How does that feel? He said that. Oh, Tristan, everybody at work. I had to listen to it all. I mean, people were laughing to my face about this game. Even 30 points is like a low amount for New Orleans, too. Yeah, and how many points did they put up? I guess 10. They put up up 10. So I'm going to say that's an even lower amount. I'm going to prove that showed the greatness and... I actually believe what Zeke said after the game, too. I think this team can get better, and it's because of the offense. The defensive performance last night, I'm not sure if we could touch that. That offense can still get better, and Amari Cooper is the real deal. Yeah. Yeah, I I know last week we talked. I I said I went to Dallas with the NFC East just because they're the only team who does something well in that division. They can play defense, and it's also really weird just like how their defense isn't good by DVOA and other other metrics – and like points, points against and stuff because they've been awesome, you know, since like week six or so on. And I really haven't really understood that at all. But they've been a lot better than numbers have shown. And because uh, like Washington's just like a bad version of Houston, Philadelphia's hungover, and the Giants are just the kind of just despicable to watch. You know, they're talented but don't play well at all. Yeah, but you know the most disgusting thing about last night is oh, great win, great everything. And I still don't think even if we went into New Orleans, could we ever do that? Not with their crowd noise. But it's still, I mean, we're going up against the Eagles this upcoming week. And guess what would happen if we lose? We're now behind in the division. Nothing really. Well, we're behind the division, and we could still miss out on the playoffs. So, great win. Great, great team effort all around. I love where this team is at. I just don't want it to seem like this was our Super Bowl. We won the season. We beat the unstoppable Saints. Who cares about everything else? I need them (laughs) to go. I'm just imagining you in the locker room. Oh just like saying this in front of all the players. Uh, and by the way, the players would listen to me because I am right, damn it. We're almost back. Not sure if we're back, though. <laughs> no, they, they're back. They're back. They've been back. They were back last week, Taylor. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Did you see the Stephen A thing? What was the Stephen A thing? He was like, it was, he like walked in the first tape wearing a Cowboys hat and a Saints jersey, just like cheering and like screaming. And it was the funniest thing ever. And then he was, like, crying after the game was over. The Cowboys beat the Saints. Yeah, but he did – doesn't he wear – I thought he was like that with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he loves the Eagles, though. Okay, that doesn't he's make any Eagle, sense. We well, just named three Philly. different teams right there that he was wearing. Well, yeah, like, and he's the Eagles fan. Like, he's from Philly. But, uh, yeah, it was the funniest thing ever, though. Just like Stephen A. Smith in a cowboy hat. And I, I just love him. He's, the, he's my favorite, like, sports personality out there. Hey, do I need to keep talking about how great the Dallas Cowboys are? I they're, mean, they're, do I need to keep like, going over just the greatness that was displayed last night? They're pretty good. Oh, my God. I'm not even talking about Byron Jones right now and him going up against Michael Thomas all game. How did that work out? Uh, actually, it was great because he was penalized for a couple plays where he held Thomas, but it was fine because he was beat on the plays. What is an experienced corner? He's not even that experienced, in my opinion, at the corner position. But what does a guy like that do? And also, you in a hole and not commit pass yeah, interference. Yeah, exactly. And he's holding the guy. Well, wait, I think he did commit pass interference on one of them. But still, it was at least to the point where he's going to catch it. I'm beat. Might as well hit the guy. Yeah, yeah. So it was great all around. Man, I love that defense. I think <laughs> it is. Woo! It is just impressive. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> all right. So I got an Xbox this week, and I've never felt. So lame to be like a grown adult man buying an Xbox. But, you know, it was $100 off. I haven't played video games since we shared an apartment together. And I think I'm ready to get back into it. I feel like a 37-year-old divorced man who's been like divorced like two years. Like He's like, you know, I think, I'm gonna, I, think I can open my heart up again. So that's me and this Xbox. I don't have any games yet. 
Five games coming on Monday. So you got the new Madden. Is it good? Bad? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I got to tell you about the new Madden because I don't have Xbox Gold and that's the only way you could play franchise mode is if you have Xbox Gold. Yeah. Really? Can you, can you believe that? Really? Yeah. When a bunch of BS, they were like, oh, let us take you to the Xbox Gold for three months free. I go, no, suck it. Go away from me. Like, yeah, I had to pay more money for it. That's unbelievable. So don't worry, Matt. There's a story mode called The Long Shot. This is the worst pile of trash I've ever played in my life. So there's about 10 minutes of football in the entire long shot. And this was three and a half hours of me playing it. So this is what happens. The opening to the game is that your character who has a father that left him when he was eight, nine years old returns to drop off your half-sister that you knew nothing about. Okay. The dad then drops her off at a diner. He tricks you into taking care of her because he then runs off I like and this does guy. his whole music career. Yeah, I like this guy. By the way, I'm still not kidding. So then when it goes to him and his story, he takes care of his sister. They develop a bond. Turns out at his old high school, he was a star player. He tried to make it in the NFL. The NFL hates him. Why? Because he's a white guy that can't do anything because he's not fast enough. Okay. So then <laughs> he goes to his old high school. They said, you know what? We can help out. You know, we can, we can use a coach like you around. The old man that was once his coach that he won the high school championship with, he turns him down. He says, no, I'm going to do something else. Fine. Well, that old man coach decides to get cancer. So then he's in the hospital. He's laying and in his... How, what time period is this all happening Dude, in? this is all happening within a year period of time. Uh, when you're, play, uh, you're playing the game, is this like 15 minutes all this happens? Oh, yeah, no, no. This is within like... This all three-hour span of time oh, okay, that I'm gotcha. discussing. I like that you turn the game on all this happens. It's so much more in-depth than what I'm discussing, but it's, it's really bad to get through. So then, whenever you go to your co- old coach's deathbed... He tells you that all he wanted you to do is be a coach and for you to coach the team to the championship. All right, so he agrees to coach one game. He then goes back to the team, Matt, we're not done here. We have to have an antagonist. Uh, Then one of a businessman comes up and says, we're going to join your school and another school together so your school no longer exists. He says, we can't do that. This team is who I won the high school championship with. i got to continue this. So then they come to an agreement where he has to win the last four games of the season. Guess what? You win the last four games of the season. It, you save the town. The businessman doesn't buy the school. And so you play the high school football? Yeah, you play the high school football, and you only play about ten minutes of it. And then the rest of the time you're dealing with this bullcrap storyline, and I'm still not done. All right, I don't want to – I saw it. I was like, it's 30 bucks. Maybe I'll get it next year. But no, by principle – I didn't pay for Xbox Gold. You know, put in Madden 05, you can move your team to Mexico City if you want. You can do whatever you want in that game. That was, Play that instead is better. That was the worst pile of crap I've ever gone through. Dude, three and a half hours. I stayed up till 4 a.m. playing this. <laughs> it, was, it was so bad. You should read a book instead. Man, I feel disgusted with myself. Uh, well, I have one recommendation for you if you want something to do. There's this podcast that I wanted to listen to, or this quarterly in the Mojave Desert called Desert Oracle that I wanted to buy that I forgot to buy. It just kind of popped up on the internet and that popped back up again the other day and I actually listened to the podcast and it's super cool. There's a lot of coyote zipping in it and the guy just kind of talks about just some weird stories and different weird places in the desert and it's beautiful. And so if you ever have trouble going to sleep at night or you're going for a walk, I, I recommend that. All right. 
So I just went with an in-depth storyline of Madden, and you just rebuttaled with that? Yeah, you should listen to it. It's That's what you good. rebuttaled with? Yeah, it's very good. Seriously, dude, suck a butt. I'm not listening to you at all. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fine. Fine. Well, I got, I got to go back. Watch are listening to this, I got to go to Big Ben soon. What do you mean you got to go to Big Ben I got to go. You don't have to go anywhere. Yeah, I'm not going to go before Christmas, though. I'll go the week before Christmas. I don't know why you're telling me your plans. I'm not hanging out with you yeah, after Christmas. Yeah, we are. No. We, we get before Christmas. I'm not are. hanging out with you at all. Uh, all right. So, last week for the picks. <laughs> so, for the picks last week, I went 2-2. Two and two, You went 1-3. I picked Chicago. I picked Houston. You picked Chicago. You got the other three games wrong. I told you, when a team is playing the Texans that has to run the ball, just pick the Texans. They're going to win every time. And that's what happened last Monday. Wait, wait. You're talking about the game that I picked wrong that I didn't even pay attention to, that I yeah. had no stats you over, just listen and to I me. just wanted to pick against your team just to pick against it's your fine. team? That's what you're throwing in my face well, right I, now? Well, I'm 20 and 12, and you're 17 and 15. Okay, I don't even believe you right now. I think your stats are wrong. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm the champion. Because, by the way, did you see the Cowboys game last night? No, I haven't. <laughs> I'll watch it on Sunday morning. I hate you so much. So this week we're going to talk about Chargers-Steelers. The Steelers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The 49ers-Seahawks. The Seahawks are ten-point favorites. The Broncos-Bengals. The Broncos are five-and-a-half-point favorites. And then the Vikings-Patriots on Sunday Night Football. The Patriots are seven-point favorites. So those are the games we got this weekend. And the rest of them are just actually kind of pretty bad, you know. Um, seriously, I'm not looking forward to any of these games. I won the Super Bowl last night. I don't know if you watched it. But I'm feeling pretty good. I'm glad <laughs> you're so happy that the Cowboys might make the playoffs now. You, I'm glad. See, I'm what's glad. your problem, dude? I don't spit on your team like this. <laughs> There's just too much gloating going on right now. What are you talking about? I'm feeling good about myself. I'm, I'm loosey-goosey. Good. Isn't that what everybody wants? Well, you know, Taylor, I've never felt good about myself once. My oh, God. So that's why I can't God. take you at all right now. I don't want to. I'm going home. <laughs> All right, so the first game we're talking about is the Chargers-Steelers. Again, the Steelers are at home. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, kind of the big news this week, though, is about who won't be playing. Uh, Melvin Gordon won't be playing, but Austin Eckler's in. And it's kind of a weird game, too, if you look at this from week one or before the season started. Like, okay, we got Gordon versus uh, Le'Veon Bell, two of the you know five best running backs in football. And it says to me, James Conner against Melvin Gordon. And I think I, – I think – Eckler is better than no, no. Connor. Eckler instead of Gordon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eckler instead yeah. of Gordon. I think Eckler is better than Connor as well, too. You know, I, I think Eckler is fine. I'm not going to lie to you, except my issue is I think this team goes as Melvin Gordon goes. I think he's their touchdown machine. I truly just believe that he's their guy whenever he's behind the line with Phillip Rivers. Without him, I, I'm leaning towards you. The problem is you and I seem like we've switched opinions now. I was all about the Charger bandwagon. But that was with Melvin Gordon healthy. With this sprain MCL, I'm kind of on the fence now. And now I'm thinking, uh, without Melvin Gordon, if he doesn't come back fully healthy, this is first round exit for the Chargers. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think I think Eckler can do enough to kind of bridge it. I'm expecting Gordon to be back week 17. But I think what you're what you're saying what you're saying is important though is just in the red zone because Gordon does have nine touchdowns. But I think the rest of the offense, like interior runs and screen passes, Eckler is good enough at that where they won't miss him so much. It's going to put a lot more burden on Phillip Rivers to be really good in the red zone, which he can be. I mean, Mike Williams is enormous. Keenan Allen's so good. Like They have that uh, that ESP, you know, that twin sense where – ESPN. You know, yeah, yeah, that ESPN. 
<laughs> and Callan's just kind of like, you know, Alan's good like sneaking For those of you listening, level. Matt touched his boob, his left boob. My left one. <laughs> and it's called a pectoral muscle, actually. And like Alan's really good at like sneaking back behind getting open after his first route's covering the red zone. So I think they'll still be okay. It's just instead of Gordon running the ball for touchdowns, it's going to be Philip Rivers throwing touchdowns, which I'm 100% here for. But isn't that kind of what the Chargers recipe was for disaster always? It's leaning on the Philip River machine. Hey, listen, I get it. I love the man too. He's angry. He's always constantly throwing. He's throwing the touchdowns. He's going for the big play. The problem is once he's now throwing, there's going to be those interceptions because he he's going to take the risk. He's going to take the chances. And without Melvin Gordon, he's forced to do that. I mean, this is has to be everybody needs to get involved if the Chargers are going to be able to stand the chance yeah. because going against the Steelers, that's a team that makes no sense to me. So I don't even know what we're going to see whenever they show up. But when it comes to the Chargers, I'm concerned because, like you said, we're now relying on Phillip Rivers. Can he do it? Yeah. Well, and I think the difference that's happened between previous years of the Chargers and this year is one, they're not losing one-score games. That was always what killed before. And two, the turnovers. Like you're talking about Rivers and Sunday Burden. I'll never forget, I think it was last season, they're playing the Bucks, where they have to beat the Bucks to have a playoff yeah, spot. Yeah, exactly. And Rivers just closes his eyes, throws about 47 yards down the field of Benjamin, to no, in the double coverage, just picks off, gets picked off, the Chargers lose. Yeah. And this year, I have a stat for you. The Chargers have lost three games so far this year. Okay. In each of those games, they have two turnovers. The rest of the games they've won, they have one turnover or less. And so now you're talking about putting more stress. It's good stat. It's good stat. Yeah, pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) And now you're talking about Phillip Rivers having more burden. Like, I understand what you mean, but I just think he's so phenomenal. He's so angry right now this year. He has a 70% completion percentage. He has 26 touchdowns and six interceptions. He's averaging 9.1 yards in attempt, which is really absurd. And also just like, I really like their pass catchers too. Mike Williams is enormous, like I said before. I really like Allen. I like Benjamin Law as a deep threat. And also like every single time Antonio Gates catches a pass, an angel is born up in heaven. You know, uh, what? No, I don't know about that Antonio Gates situation. <laughs> He's 38 years old. Did you know that? That's pretty old. Well, yeah. But isn't he not? He's not doing that much this He's year. He's doing a lot more lately though. It's weird. I don't what are you talking about? Like two catches? No, he had like five last week. Five last week? What about the weeks prior? I don't know. Yeah. You're talking about one week that he had a good time and five <laughs> catches. The other weeks he had about one or two. And you're, you're throwing a damn you. parade. Yeah, saying that angels are born whenever he catches a pass. Yeah, I'm not saying it, but there's a lot of angels being born. I'm just saying it's beautiful whenever he catches a pass. It makes All right, me super so happy. I have a question for you. Is Phillip Rivers, whenever it comes to a, the quarterback of the NFL... Is there anybody that, like, he wouldn't fight? He wouldn't fight? Like, if somebody, like, one of the other teammates, one of the other quarterbacks went up to him and was like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Would he back down from anybody? No, he wouldn't back down from anybody. <laughs> I would love to see him punch Ben Roethlisberger in his big, stupid HDH fedora head so much. <laughs> see, I go through each of the quarterbacks and, like, even with Tom Brady, for example, I feel like... He wouldn't say anything, but if, like, an old Hall of Famer came up to him, he would kind of suck up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Philip Rivers, I think, regardless of who it is that walks up to him, is just going to say, get the hell out of my face. And I think it's because he played in San Diego for so long, and they were mediocre for so long, where, like, he just has been this, like, weird little cloister forever, where, like, he's always been really good, but nobody's really super appreciated him. Uh, also, you know, the biggest thing is he went to that one AFC title game, played with a torn ACL, 
Well, Damien Tobleson just sat completely uh, suited up, just refused to play that game. And I was like 14. I was just so mad. I was like, he has no grit. He has no integrity. Look at Phillip out there. And he was just like just splattered by the Patriots defense. And it was just so – I think that was the year the Patriots beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl too. Man, what a great Super Bowl that was. That was terrible. (laughs) Uh, Also, Rivers is 2-3 and against Pittsburgh. Now, my thing with the Steelers is I hate their offense right now. It's what so it? it's so horizontal. I don't understand. Everything is like they're trying to turn Roethlisberger into Tom Brady. Did you see what Big Ben's stat line was? It was like something ridiculous to where he had like 462 yards, like a TD and like two interceptions or something stupid. Yeah, so his last two games, he's thrown 103 passes, like three touchdowns, five receptions, seven and a half yards in attempt. They've scored 37 points in two games. The previous games before that, they've averaged 28.7 points. If you have 460 yards in passing and you put up 17 it's, points, it's it, the, something is wrong. Yeah, it's the, the passing game is the running game for them right now. And, like, they have Juju Smith. They have Antonio Brown. They have plenty of downfield throwers. And they keep running all these little crossing routes, all this little screen stuff. It's stupid. It really is. And also, like that, so they, they had that one deep throw. Uh, to, against Jacksonville, where Barry Church blew the coverage, where Antonio Brown had a 74-yard touchdown catch. Then they had the Smith-Schuster touchdown catch, where Roethlisberger almost didn't throw it far enough and almost let him gain tackled. But Schuster's amazing. But also, like they, he missed two downfield throws wide open that game, where Denver was playing single high and trying to blitz great pressure, and he just missed them. And so I wonder how much of it is the offense is horizontal because Roethlisberger's not throwing the ball downfield well right now, or Roethlisberger's not throwing the ball downfield well because he's just not doing it enough. He's kind of lost his touch. But if, when they're not throwing like 30-yard passes, their, their entire offense is worthless. I think that's the problem right now with them. For me, this is why nobody has faith in the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is exactly why when it came to last Well, it's because they can't beat New England. Well, but, For but me, this that's is, why. But this is why, though. I mean, they go up against Denver and they put up whatever stats and you're expecting them to be able to be great and do something. But... That was ridiculous. I mean, this well, is why nobody has faith in them. This is why they're going up against a Denver team, which we'll talk about a little bit later, that has nothing going for them. Yeah. They have absolutely nothing going <laughs> for them. And Except for Case Keenum. No, I don't even think that, man. Philip Lindsay's <laughs> well, your argument. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. other than he's that, they're like five point eight yards in the tenth. Oh, dude, he's the real. He has one hundred seventy three carries. He is the real freaking deal. There is no doubt. Yeah, we'll about talk about him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But either way, I mean. Nobody has faith in this team. And they can say, oh, we don't need Le'Veon all they want when it comes to Connor. He's the, what I like to say, boozer guy that they all look for. And the Pittsburgh that works hard. The, yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. iron guy. The coal miner. Yeah, son. exactly. But The black lung. But is it really getting them anywhere? I, I, like, if Roethlisberger was throwing the ball downfield, they'd be a lot better. They just haven't been doing it. But he's it forcing it downfield because it's like what you said with Schuster and Brown. I mean, they're open, though. He's just missing throws. Is that he, but Schuster yeah. had like 13 catches for something ridiculous on 130-something last week. But he had, a, he, had, more. he had a 97-yard touchdown catch. Oh, God. Yeah. Man, I didn't <laughs> yeah. see. Oh, God. Yeah, it was a great throw because Roethlisberger got hit in the face from interior he pressure. He had 12 other catches for how many? I don't know what they exactly came oh, out Oh, my to. God. Uh, and so also Pittsburgh's pass defense, they're 16th in DVOA. They have you know, two predominant rushers in Bud Dupree. He has four and a half sacks, 23 and a half uh, pressures. And then TJ Y has 10 sacks, 18 and a half pressures. Both of them may be out this game. And the Chargers have really good interior pass blocking. And so with them out, 
Now you also have Philip Rivers, who's really good also to step in the pocket regardless. And I think that's going to be kind of key, though, is the Chargers' interior blocking against Hargrave and against Stephon Tuitt and, uh, and those guys on the inside. And so if they can block the interior well, and Pittsburgh doesn't really get a lot of pass rush there. Like, I'm really excited to watch you know, this game for one, but also I think the Chargers could be able to steal this game on the road if the Steelers don't get that interior pass rush going. For me, and now that we're actually discussing it, I didn't think about it before until now, this is really going to end up Rivers versus Roethlisberger. Who's going to make the less mistakes out of both of them? Yeah. Who is not going to turn the ball over? Whichever one of them has the least amount of interceptions is going to win the game. I think so, too. Like, that's what it's going to come down to. This is really the battle of the old men who is going to be able to pull it out in the end with Rivers needing to do without Gordon with Roethlisberger needing to make up for last week. That's my only thing when it comes to Steelers this week. I, I feel like that they should win because they had that loss against the Denver Broncos. But also at the same time, I feel like this is Rivers' chance to say, I'm still the man. This is what I can do even without my guy. Yeah. Well, and even that Steelers game, and we'll talk about more of the Broncos too, which I hate saying as he records. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> but uh, like they, Stay tuned. They had some really bad luck in that game. And we'll t- and again, we'll talk about that more whenever we talk about the Broncos. Just kind of the luck that Broncos have had the last two weeks. Um, also, Rivers in his career is 2-4 and four against Pittsburgh. One of those games is in the playoffs, and I don't really remember this game at all. But the box score is super funny because uh, Darren Sproles had, I think, eight carries for 12 yards. Rivers had like 40 passes and threw like 320 yards and two touchdowns and interception. And then the Steelers in, Willie Parker had 25 carries for like 220 yards, and that's why the Steelers won that game. Vincent Jackson had two catches on eight targets for 42 yards and a touchdown. So it's just like, it's hilarious just how much football has changed since like 2008 when that game is played in today. You just like disgust, like such disgusting people that like, I don't even want to go You don't back. like Darren Sproles? <laughs> like, I'm, well, Darren Sproles is still in the league. He's just unhealthy Yeah, right he'll now. never play again. Yeah. However, the receiver you mentioned... My lord. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to that guy? I don't know. I know he went to Tampa and played Mike Evans. Who just brought him up? Obviously, you should tell me his career. Dude, he's pretty good at NFL Street, to be honest with you. NFL Street's a fun game, but is it better than NBA Street Volume 2? No, nothing's better than that. Man, I really wish they would like remaster that in something in HD. They tried to remake it, but it just became like some really stupid game. Like NFL, NBA Legends, you know, things like that. What do you mean they try to remake it? Why would they ever remake that? Just remaster the they greatness didn't make, They didn't make NFL app. Street. They didn't make NBA Street. They made like an NBA Street type of game that wasn't good. So you think like the NBA Street players tell the NBA players like you're not bad enough? Or... Are they the same, so it's okay? I don't know what you're getting at right now. <laughs> All right, so I got, I got a couple of keys to this game. Pittsburgh throwing the ball downfield. Interior pass protection for the Chargers. Mike Pouncey was such a steal for them. Uh, no turnovers for the Chargers. Figure out how to score in the red zone without Gordon. And then lastly, uh, I don't know. I can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> so who do, you have to, who do you have for this game? And again, the line is the Steelers three and a half at home. To be honest with you, it's like what I said. It's going to come down to both these quarterbacks. Who's going to turn the ball over less? I don't like the Steelers. I just don't like where they're at right now. I'm picking the Chargers. I got them at 28. I got the Steelers 25. So I have. I'm going to take the Chargers with the points as well. I don't. I don't know who. I really oh, don't have like. Wait, no, we're not doing this game. <laughs> yeah. Who are you taking? What is your score right now? All right, well, fine. I got the Chargers winning 24-20. Oh, 
Okay. So like, I'll take that. Yeah, I really don't have a strong opinion who's going to win this game. I would just pick the Chargers with the points. But I'm super excited for this game because you have these two older quarterbacks. Maybe this is the last time they play against each other. And also, like, I'm really excited that Phillip Rivers is getting another shot at it all after being you know, so good and so undervalued for such a long time. What are you talking about? Everybody knows he's great. It's just the problem is he's playing in L.A. where nobody gives a crap about the Chargers. <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever just because— Why can't the Chargers come to San Antonio? They should. Oh, my God. That's an idea. Did you— Bring the Chargers. You know who would not allow it? Who? My owner. Oh, That's yeah. who would not allow it. Did you see the jerseys for the San Antonio Marley football team? No. They're kind of cool. Are they? What color? They're like kind of like darkish red, like brick red. I don't know if I like brick red. Yeah, what does pretty... brick red symbolize? The blood on the Alamo? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I really do think so. Oh, God. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back in a second to talk about another football game. <laughs> and we're back. So now we're going to talk about the 49ers going to Seattle. Oh, my God. The Seahawks God. are 10-point favorites. Look, I understand this is a bad game. I wanted to talk about a bad game. And the main reason why I want to talk about this game, though, is that these are two teams that have turned out completely different since they last played each other in the NFC Championship game. Because, you know what, 2014 was only four years ago, and you just look at the Seahawks team in general, they've lost everyone in their defense. Bennett's gone, Thomas is gone, Chancellor's gone, Wright's gone, Maxwell is gone, Richard Sherman's gone, even the previous iteration of the Seahawks. You know, uh, Big Red Bryant, you know, left. Brown Browner is not in the league at all anymore. And I just think, like, it's just weird how quickly you can build a defense and how, like, short, like, a really great defense lasts compared to having, like, a really awesome quarterback who can play for 15 years. And so then you compare that to San Francisco, who lost Harbaugh, whose entire defense retired. And then, you know, Kaepernick went from being the next great quarterback to being, you know, below average and then ostracized by the rest of the league and uh, isn't playing at all whatsoever anymore. And so just like the way these two teams have kind of differentiated the past has been you know, one of the more interesting things to see. And I guess the, this is my big point I'm trying to make, is that one of the things that's fun in football is that just like how quickly things change year to year and how like three years is it's the league just recycles itself every three years or so. And there's a new team, a new franchise, a new rivalry, and it lasts for only a little bit of time. And I guess it's also kind of a sad thing about as well too that like you have these teams you really like and these players you really like, and they're like uh, like Icarus flying up to the sun, and then after you know, they fly up there for four years, they fall back down, their wings melt, and you don't really get to like have like great teams compared like how long you're able to have like the Spurs, for example, who are awesome for 20 years, or you know basketball and baseball teams who have players who can play much longer time, and so now like it's only been four years later, and you have four, the 49ers who are completely terrible. Yeah, they lost Garoppolo, but they have a bad pass defense. Um, they don't really have that many good wide receivers all either. Kyle Shanahan does a great job, but overall, like it's a bad team. And they have the Seahawks who are hanging on at 500 and could make a playoff run. But the big reason why is that Wilson's really good, and that's been the biggest difference between these two teams from their uh, from their rivalry to now. And why one's good, one's bad is that Wilson's been the quarterback who lasted out of the two. I don't know what type of emotional speech that was, but that just made me sick. I don't know why I'm discussing this game right now. This is a joke. The Seahawks will destroy the 49ers. The only player the 49ers have at this point is Matt Breida, who I expect to have a huge game. Other than that, this is going to be Russell Wilson's show. I can't wait to watch him just destroy the 49ers while Nick Mullins struggles against this defense, who you 
love. And you just gave such a wonderful speech about. Okay, get, great. Let's move on from this who's your, game. Who's your favorite player on the Seahawks defense? Uh, well, when it comes to the Seahawks defense, I'm going to say Cliff Averill. That's who I'm going to say. He doesn't even play for me. anymore. That's why I'm going to say <laughs> I don't care about that game. Yeah. That's how much I care. Watch Frank Clark. That's how much I uh, Watch Frank Clark. Okay, you know what? I'm going to talk about Venom. That is a no, wonderful not, movie. Not that is that. what we are going to do. All right, so one of the things I think is also interesting about Seattle's offense is how their wide receiver core has become really good. So you have David Moore. He has 37 targets. He's averaging 18.8 yards of receptions, five touchdowns. Tyler Lockett has 43 catches on 54 targets, which is absurd for a deep threat guy. He has 661 yards, 15.4 yards in attempt, or 15.4 yards of reception, eight touchdowns. And, like, it's weird because Doug Bolton was always a downfield receiver, but now that he's, like, 29 years old, which is being old in the NFL – Baldwin only is averaging 10.5 yards a catch. And so the difference between the three is really funny. And also just like how uh, how like little like recollection, like how little renown they have altogether. And also like how little like they've spent on them and how they've kind of come together into being this like really good wide receiver group has been interesting this year. Do you think it's the group or do you think it's Russell Wilson? It's a combination of all three. Oh, please. It's Russell Wilson. He's the greatest whenever it comes to <laughs> holding po- the football. Just don't even. All he does is he buys time with his feet. It's the most impressive thing with the spins, the twirls. The man is a ballerina when it comes to yeah, holding the football. he's a ballerina. He's a whirling dervish. It's the most impressive thing on planet Earth, and he is the one that makes these guys great. Why do you think that the Seattle Seahawks' Pete Carroll chose him over the defense, chose him over those players, and it's because he is that great. He is the one that's going to carry them. He is like an Aaron Rodgers. That's why Aaron Rodgers is the most overrated <laughs> player on planet Earth. We're going to do this right now. Okay, right? you know what we're doing right now? It's to compare uh, the two because, no, don't you dare cut me off. Russell Wilson is just as impressive when it comes to the throws, when it comes to staying alive, but he is not given the same amount of credit as Rodgers. Why? And he's been greater for a longer period of time. Thank you. I mean, I guess Rogers still been better for a longer period of time. No, no, no. Rogers been hurt Rogers for a dra- longer period. Rogers of time. was drafted in like 2006. Yeah, that's great, but he didn't play for uh, the first two years, and he's been hurt. Well, then the funny thing about Wilson is all that stuff that his defense came back and said about him last year, like last summer, like they wanted Russell Wilson win the MVP. That's why they threw the ball on, on third and two or whatever. And it's like, well, even if, if that's the case, which I don't think it is. Of course you want to keep your quarterback instead of his old defense that's completely out of the league, you know? Of course you'd rather pay Wilson Ooh. than keep the defense around together. Whoa, wait, though. I disagree, only because the theory was is that they wanted Russell Wilson to throw the game when he touched Oh, I'm not, I'm, not talking, I'm not talking about that. I guess but I'm that's just... what the trust was when it came to the defense at the same time was that Marshawn was more a part of the defense. Well, I mean, Richard Sherman even came out this week and said him and Russell Wilson, I mean, they don't really know yeah, each yeah. other. I mean, they, they truly don't. I guess the point I'm trying to make is that, yeah, paying Russell Wilson and keeping him happy, even yeah. though I don't think that's why they threw the ball then at all. I think they just – it was based on the formation the Patriots came out in, and they kind of baited him into it more than that. But even if that's the case, you would rather have this quarterback who's going to be there for another eight years, be happy and want to stay there, and be playing well then. This defense with a bunch of guys who are 32 years old who may only play in the league for two or three more years at most, and even then are already at the tail end of their career. Yeah, all right, so let me get on the 49ers side here because I'm just avoiding the I don't want to talk about the 49ers. What are you talking about? No, no, no. I want to talk about Seattle. I want to talk about Seattle. 
One of the other things are. Oh my god! So you just want to talk about one single team here. Yeah, you yeah. want to pick this game? Well, I have another important thing based on. Cut me off, but I want to talk about the right. so You want to go ahead? Go ahead. So Seattle. One of the things that's really fun about their team is they have three top 15 picks from the 2013 draft on it. They have Barcavius Minga, who's the sixth overall pick in Cleveland. They have DJ Fluker, who's the 11th overall pick. And they have Deion Jordan, who's the third overall pick in Miami. All three of these guys are from you know, the 2013 draft class. Cut early, found their way to Seattle. And I just want this to be Seattle's thing. It's kind of like I always wanted Arizona to sign every old like receiver, or every old like every really good old player. I just wanted Arizona to sign them to become the retirement home of the NFL. And now I want Seattle to become like that. If you're a draft bust, you just go to Seattle and you become a pretty okay player, and you like have like a marginally okay career. I'm just not going to say anything because if it's not about Seattle, then obviously you're just going to cut me off as usual. However, so <laughs> it's a good idea though. No, it's not. No, it's not a good idea. You're just obsessed. Why are you on this Seattle bandwagon all of a sudden? Who are you? I just like watching this. It's like you're a stranger right now. So can I now jump into the 49ers, please? I only have a couple of minutes here to talk about them. Yeah, what do you want to say about them? Okay, so let's talk about Nick Mullins. I I don't know. Great. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Oh, let's go back to Seattle. In the (laughs) NFC wild card, all right? No two spots have been settled down at all. You know, all the silts floating around the creek. Carolina six and five. Minnesota six four and one. Washington six and five. Seattle six and five. Right now, Minnesota's wild card spot one. And then the Redskins have wild card spot number two. The remaining schedules, uh, Carolina's is ranked twelfth, Minnesota's ranked thirteenth, Seattle's is ranked twenty sixth, and Washington's is ranked thirtieth. And that goes from hardest to easiest, of course. Uh, so you like that, don't by you? DVA, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I like from heat from easiest to hardest. You know? No, you don't. Yeah, I that's do. not what you like. No, that's what. I like. No, I like a challenge. You know. No, wait. wait. I like to ease myself into it. That's what I meant to say. So, which two teams do you think win get the NFC wild card spots? Wild card spots. All right. I'm gonna say Carolina easily. 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 And then. I don't want to pick them, but I think they're going to pull it out. I'm going to say the Bikes. Okay. I think it's me, Seattle, for sure. Really? Yeah. Just because they, they have the easier schedule. And then I think it's a coin flip between Carolina and Minnesota. But even with the 49ers game, I mean, again, you're talking smack about them, and all we've done is discussed your man crush on this team. But when it comes to the 49ers, man, they have a sh- it's a rivalry game. This is division. There's a shot here. Their secondary is too bad. Okay, man. your mom's secondary is too bad. How does that feel? I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, also, Washington's remaining schedule is at Philly, the Giants, at Jacksonville, at Tennessee, and then Philly again. Uh, do you think there's any way they can win, like, three games? No. No? No. I'll give them one. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm picking <laughs> – Okay. Like, I, I pick, I pick Carolina-Seattle for the two wildcard spots. Uh, just because I think Minnesota has a really tough game this weekend. And the thing with Carolina is that Week 17 game against the Saints may not even matter at all either, especially after losing to Dallas this past weekend. So who do you have in this one? And again, the Seahawks are 10-point favorites. Uh, you know what? Okay, well, wait, how am I picking? Am I picking your type of way where I'm saying that I picked the 49ers with the points? Or am how, I picking, however you want to do it. You know what? Fine, I'm going to do it this way. All right. Since it's a rivalry game, this is going to be 25 Seattle, 21 49ers. 
Okay, so you're picking San Francisco then? With, yeah, with okay. your method. All right, with my method. Your method to your madness. Hey, I'm trying to make some money here, man. Try to make some. I'm still mad about that parlay last week. Oh man, that was. Kick the field goal, Jay Gruden. No, <laughs> score the touchdown. Go for on fourth down. God, that was so dumb. The only reason why I'm mad about them is just because imagine how upset we would have been if we lost that bet because Calvin Ridley fumbled on the one yard line. Because that's what would have happened if Washington lost by like three points instead. The problem is, I feel like if you bet with me, you lose. I lose a lot of bets, man. Yeah. I well, I talked lose. you into a little bit too, though. That's true. We're like even on the though, same page. Even though we both agreed that we wouldn't have changed the bets, mm. I don't think I would have changed any of those bets. I think bets. we made the right, the right picks. It just didn't work out right that time. Yeah, especially for Thanksgiving. I don't feel bad. Yeah, it was good. It was a good time. All right, so the game, the next thing we're going to talk about is. The Broncos going to Cincinnati. The Broncos are five and a half point favorites. Uh, so Denver, they've won. They've had some really luck, some really good luck the past two weeks. They beat the Chargers week before. They beat the Steelers last week. And they've been able to cr- climb their record up to five and six and be uh, one game out of the wild card spot because the Ravens are six and five or in first place or have this number six seed right now. So the last two weeks, Sanders had an overturned fumble that was definitely a fumble. They forced six turnovers the last two games. Pittsburgh fumbled into their own end zone. They had a red zone force fumble on James Conner on a screen pass. Big Ben threw an end zone red zone touch turnover last week to end the game. And Keenum has been so lucky with some of these throws he's made that just haven't been intercepted. So I don't think the Broncos are good. Whoa, they just have had whoa. some really good turnover Did luck. Did you just insult your man, Case Keenum, right now? He's my second favorite quarterback. Okay. I've never said he's good. Oh, I've said God. he's one of my favorite quarterbacks. And I don't understand how he'd be one of your favorite quarterbacks if he's not good. It's like saying... The I, only other thing that you would say why you like him is because you like the way he looks. I like, well, his, I mean, I like watching him play. No, 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 no. The way he looks. <laughs> no, I mean, not the way, the way he looks. No, no, The way he looks. I'm talking his facial features, no, no, right? No, no, no. His eyes, maybe. His stubble, maybe his stubble. Yeah, maybe the stubble. Well, it's like saying, you know, I, I really like to listen to Limp Biscuit, but I'm not saying Limp Biscuit's a good band, but I enjoy listening to their music. Wait, Limp Biscuit is not... No, you don't. Yeah, I love them. You don't <laughs> like listening to that band. Yeah, all the time. No, you don't. What's that poster on this room right now? Taylor Swift. <laughs> She's actually good, though. That's a different argument. Shake it off. <laughs> no. <laughs> Great. That was very funny. That was very funny. So, all right, Philip Lindsay, is he going to be the best player in this game? All right. So, for me, this is the where do we go from here bowl. And, yes, I'm going to agree that Philip Lindsay will be the best player in this game. I have no idea where either of these teams are going. You even say that Denver got lucky last week. And, yeah, they're on the past some, two weeks. Oh, past two weeks. Yeah, they're on a hot streak sitting at five and six. This team is not going anywhere. Same thing with the Cincinnati Bengals. Which, by the way, the reason why I wanted to discuss this game more than anything is because of the Cincinnati Bengals. Listen. I love to talk about the Bengals. I'm ready. I, are, are you ready I for love this? this yeah. So here's the thing. Why do why does Marvin Lewis have his job? Why is Hugh Jackson still assistant to the regional manager? <laughs> why is this allowed after they just got their asses kicked by the team that Hugh Jackson just came from? Wouldn't you expect him to know something about the team in order to be able to stop them? Maybe figure out or know a I type mean, of weakness. I mean, it was still like three weeks after, I guess. This was like two weeks no, after. No, but like he was fired and then he got hired like three weeks after, I think. 
Well, wait, so that means that he wouldn't know the previous team that he worked for three weeks ago? I don't think he ago? knows anything at all whatsoever. Hugh Jackson's the worst coach I've ever seen. That's my entire point here. Why would even Marvin Lewis, who should already be on a thin line, be able to bring this guy in? Because <laughs> they're best then, friends. Okay. Well, the only reason – this is my theory why Marvin Lewis is still here. Because they have a super cheap owner and they can just not – they can just like pay Marvin Lewis just a little bit of money. And he wins eight games and he keeps the fans going and they don't lose any money. That's why then they keep him around. I, I think this is the most ridiculous team I've ever seen on planet. By the way, talking about last game here for me, because this is also my question to you. I, I'm questioning this team a little more than just Marvin Lewis because my question to you is, is it Marvin Lewis on why this team is ba- that bad, or is it Andy Dalton? Uh, Dalton's like the 14th best quarterback. And so, like, if the good offensive line gets skilled players around, he was awesome to start the year. Yeah, well, but the problem was their defense kept giving up 500 yards, 500 yards, okay, okay, well then, points. Well, then answer. He just had two too many. He had two too many. Why was Andy Dalton's last game 10 for 17, 100 yards, one TD, one interception? He got hurt. And okay. the Browns have well, a good pass defense. Great, wonderful. Why didn't when Driscoll come in, he was 17 of 29, 155 yards? Because they were down 28 uh, no, 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 a TD, three rushes, nine yards, and a TD. Because they were down 28-0. Oh, so it's a different, Andy Dalton just throws incomplete pass. Passes while Driscoll throws complete passes and can run with his yeah, legs, but we're just going to throw that underneath the bag. Yeah, because it's easier Andy to play Dalton offense. It's easier to play offense. You're down twenty-eight zero. Then we're okay. the game zero zero. Uh, I was watching that '70s show the other day, and you know what this reminded me of is when Eric Foreman made fun of Michael Kelso, saying that, "Oh, looks like the Red Rocket of Love uh, decided not to take off and blew up on the launching pad." That's what Andy Dalton <laughs> is. The Red Rocket has not taken off. He has blown up. He is not the real freaking deal. He's fine. No, I'm He's I'm, fine. What no. With the weapons that he has in Mixon, Boyd, and Green, he should be better. Fine is not good enough. Are you telling he me? Was right? all, I say he was awesome to start the year. His problem this year is he had too he had too many turnovers this no, year. Okay, that was his problem. That's, but that's who is that on? I mean it's on him in some ways. That's exactly the And point. also he's not very good with a lot of pressure either. Um, why are you making excuses for Because he's him? fine. He's an alright quarterback. And you can win games with all right quarterback. Their bigger issue hasn't been him. Their biggest issue has been their linebacker play and their safety play. 21 TDs, 11 interceptions for Dalton this year. Yeah. 2,566 yards. Pretty good. Yeah, those are Case Keenum and Dak Prescott numbers that everybody no, says. No, it's not. Uh, are you, all right. Okay, you know what Dak Prescott is? Hold on. Where's my comparison? Oh, you're lucky I don't have it right now. See, I told you. Oh, if I find it. All right, oh. so, so the Broncos, their remaining schedule this year, they play at Cincinnati, at San Francisco, Cleveland, at Oakland, and then the Chargers. Do you think they can go 4 and 1 in the year? No, I don't think they you can. You don't go think well. so? I don't think they can go 4 Listen to the schedule at Cincy, at San Francisco, Cleveland, at Oakland, then the Chargers in a game that may not matter. Chargers, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. That's week 17, though, against the Chargers. Yeah. I was thinking at Cincy, at San Francisco. What do you think Cleveland, is going to happen? They could, they could go 5 and 0 in the year. Oh, my God. Okay. They could. Uh, but, you know, this game specifically, so Vaughn Miller and Nick Chubb are going to get Severick Ogabehi, who's one of the worst tackles I've ever seen, and then also Hart, their right tackle. And so I think this, is, this game should be a slaughter for the Broncos. But the problem for the Broncos is they can't score any points at all. 
Um, yeah, found my numbers, USOB. Case Keenum, 2,802 yards, 13 TDs, 10 interceptions. Wow, talk about greatness from your difference in touchdowns. Okay, wonderful. Dak Prescott, 2,437 yards, 13 TDs, 5 interceptions. His rushing, though, is 5 TDs. So that's insane. The problem is the fumbles, 11 of them. Disgusting. And I would say, I would put, yeah, I would put Dalton and Prescott. Dalton, Keenum, yeah. and they're all on the same team. Keenum's turned the ball over way too much. I would put Dalton and Prescott like the same tier of quarterbacks. They're pretty good. Man. Oh, well, wait. So you would put Dalton and Prescott In the same ahead of Keenum. They'd be living on the same block. They'd be like next door neighbors. Okay, okay. But Keenum is your guy, and you're insulting him the most? I like watching Keenum play football. What? <laughs> I, I, you make no sense to me. I'm, I'm lost. I'm lost. You gotta. Explain. I, you don't have to like something that's really good. You can enjoy something that's kind of crappy, but it's still fun, fun to watch. That's what Keenum is. Oh my god. So the the Bengals, they are 28th in run defense DVOA. Philip Lindsay's averaging 5.8 yards an attempt, and this isn't like you know Austin Eckler with 50 carries. He has 135 carries this year, and he also has six touchdowns and 780 yards. And the Broncos are third in rush offense DVOA at 13%, which is third in football. Uh, I mean, the thing about the Broncos is every game they play is close, and every game they play is really gross. And uh, I just saw the Grinch like a week ago, you know. And Vance Joseph has been – he's terrible, and like he's gotten lucky in some one-score games the last two weeks. But I think this team would be a lot better if they had a different head coach because they are talented, and there's no question about that. Wait, what – what Grinch did you watch? You watched the new one? You watched the, the one new with Jim one. Carrey? The new one. Why are we even talking? We're not. Uh, you don't discuss <laughs> movies that don't matter, Matt. It's fine. If you're going to want to discuss a movie, you discuss the Jim Carrey Grinch. That's what you discuss. By the way. Yeah, that movie's too long, though, I think. It's like an hour and 45 I, minutes. When I watched it when I was like 10, I was like, this is the longest movie I've ever seen. No. It, and it was gross, too. What do you mean it was gross? What I does didn't, that even mean? I really didn't like the Grinch's fupa. It gave me nightmares. It's Fupa? Yeah. Matt, can you please describe to our audience what a fupa is? It's a fatty upper pubic area. <laughs> Pervert. No, it's not. What? Okay. Come on, Jim Carrey was king in that movie. He hated the suit. Oh, it was great. And by the way, I'm pretty sure it won like an academy for like costumes. Good, good. Yeah, that's what you want to hear, right? Yeah. So <laughs> this game again, this game again. So my thing is, like, Denver should destroy Cincinnati. Cincinnati's defense, the last couple of games they played, yards allowed 481, 551, 576, 509, 403, 342. Points allowed 28, 45, 34, 51, 24, 35. The thing is the Broncos just can't score enough points to make this a blowout. But I think the Broncos are just going to, like, win a close game that they're in control of the entire time. I think Lindsey may run for, like, 200 yards this game. My my opinion is I completely agree with you. I feel like this is actually going to be running back versus running back, even with A.J. Green coming back. Actually, I feel like Driscoll's going to be going crazy when it comes to running at the same time. <laughs> he's from Louisiana Tech. I, I, think he's like gonna be fun. I think he's going to be fun to watch. In my opinion, I think this is all Cincinnati. And you know what my bet to you is? I want you to come in here the next next week. And whenever you invite me on your show, because obviously you want to talk about the Cowboys because that's your favorite thing to do. You need to apologize to me saying that Driscoll is a better quarterback than Andy Dalton. Can you make that agreement with me? One game does not override a consistent, successful career. Can you admit that the red rocket blew up on the launching pad? No, I'm not. I won't. 
One game does not override a consistent and successful career. A consistent, career. successful career. What has that successful career gotten him at? He would have Tell gone, me. He would have gone to the Super Bowl in 2014 if he didn't break his hand. If he didn't break his hand. That's yeah. what we're going to say. Yeah. If, what, what is this saying? What is Dwight saying in the office? If, ifs, buts, and buttercups. You should know if you're going to say it, though. Oh, Before you come dude, out of stadium, you should know. Don't me like this. Whatever. All right, so who's your pick in this game? And again, the line I found was Broncos five and a half points. I actually have Cincinnati in this. We're not expecting that. Where are you? Well, I have Cincinnati, too. Oh, my God. Because I picked, I picked Denver 24-22. Because they can't blow anybody out of Okay, yet. oh, that's different. Because I have Cincinnati oh, 24 win. and I have Denver 17. All right. Yeah, mine's a little manly ever a pick. A little bit different, a little yeah. bit different. Same results. All right, we'll be right back, and we're going to talk about the Viking, the, the Vikings going to New England to play the Patriots. Can't wait. And we're back from break. So the last game we're going to talk about tonight is Vikings, Patriots. Patriots, seven-point favorites. And we also have a special guest. Uh, you know him from every football site out there. He reports on every Vikings website out there. Hold on, hold on. 24-7, 365, Minnesota Vikings, our good friend, Tyler. He was in the Remember the Titans, I believe, as well. No, he's a Vikings fan. Not no, 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 he was fan. Remember the Titans, though. No, he's a Vikings okay, fan. Okay, seriously, he's you're trying Titans to throw fan. my flow right now. He's I don't a Vi- appreciate he's it. He's a Vikings God, fan. God, I hate you. Born, born and bred out of Minnesota, so I'm, I'm, I love the Vikings, man. I'm all about the Vikings. <laughs> His favorite condiment is mayonnaise, of course. So, <laughs> oh, whoa, do, whoa. You, do you think Kirk Cousins is elite? No. No. Wow. He's, oh, he's coming from so a Vikings fan. If if Cousins can pull it out in this game, this is this game's gonna be a big test. And I think he, he has a shot to prove himself. If he if he shows up against the Patriots and can pull out a win in this one, he'll he'll be more in that conversation for being the lead. Well, wait, wait, wait. So for both of you then, this is what I'm gonna you're trying to say that Cousins is an elite, even though I talk the most smack about him. His last game, when it's three TDs, what did he have, like 375 yards? Something ridiculous. You both are saying it's not impressive? You, you're you both saying that it's not a believer? Even though he was going up against Aaron Rodgers, the great messiah himself? You know what really helped Kirk Cousins last week? Was that Dalvin Cook is a really good receiver. And that's, you're he broke a, of it. No, I'm not. He broke a ton of tackles. He was awesome last week. Uh, well, that's the why ball. the Vikings have a shot against the Patriots. Who do they have that can cover? Dalvin Cook, Diggs, Thielen, and Rudolph. Well, that's a big question that game. Whoa, wait. Hold on. Before but you guys even saying, throw but what, I'm saying, but what I'm saying about Cook, though, is important, is that Cook is a constant dump-off threat for Cousins. If He kind of a slow brain. He makes, some sen- he makes mistakes sometimes. He always has Cook right there take off get nine yards. That's really important for a quarterback of his caliber. But that's what my kind of question was, is that Latavius Murray and Dalvin Cook pretty much had the exact they can't same run amount of ball, though. But they had the same amount of touches, so what are we saying? Minnesota is that because can't Dalvin... run the ball. <laughs> can't run the ball. So what? I'm the only believer, and I'm being attacked well, right I'm now saying... by somebody that's from Minnesota? What I'm saying is Minnesota can throw the ball 42 times, and having Cook there is like nine, like seven-yard receptions is a huge for this offense. The safety blanket. Between Cook and, and Rudolph, those are two big safety blankets for him. But it'll be interesting to see when he spreads all those guys out and starts throwing it around. I, I think they've got a shot. All right. So my whole thing is whenever it comes to this game is are you guys jumping on my bandwagon here whenever I say 
Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. He's the big phone. Yeah, I was making sure. Yeah, you're about to say yeah, that. exactly. Is that this is the route I'm going with as usual? But if Kirk Cousins is the guy, listen. Minnesota has had a tough schedule all year long. If Kirk Cousins can honestly pull out this wild card in the end, I'm going to be impressed. Regardless of my hatred towards him, regardless of what I've always talked smack about, if he can pull it out, I think he has a shot. My other question, though, is this is a big game for New England. Both teams. Exactly, because they have to stay afloat if they are going to try to steal the number one seed against Kansas City. Or even the number two seed for them. Whoa, whoa, whoa. New England needs needs a first-round bye. Well, wait, well, wait. Hammond, please let us know about the Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. He is out. He is on the, what is it, the commissioner's he's on, he's suspended on, list. He's on Roger Goodell Island. He's on Roger Goodell Island. I'm on that island every released, single year. Released by the it's Chiefs. It's not funny, Taylor. It's yes. <laughs> <laughs> an important matter. But the thing is that that really changes things in the AFC. So the Patriots, if they can get this one, it really gives them a good step uh, going forward in the AFC. I still think Casey's fine for the regular season. Obviously, he's super important for the playoffs, but... Spencer Ware is still good. He's good, but you know? he's not Kareem Hunt. Of course he's not Kareem Hunt. He's not Kareem Hunt. Like, I don't know. I, I think it won't matter for the regular season, but the postseason for sure. Like, I yeah. still expect the Chiefs to get the first round bot, the first seed. But the biggest thing, that, the thing that I'm excited about for the AFC this year is the Patriots, every year, they have the first round seed, and they play the Titans in the second round. They play the Texans in the second round. This year, they may have to play either the Chargers, the Texans, Maybe the Steelers, Colts. Uh, they, the Colts. They may actually have to play a tough second round game, and I'm super excited for it. That's kind of my question for both of y'all right now, and it's only because, listen, as a guy who's always argued for Tom Brady being one of the best quarterbacks, if not, okay, he, he's the he's greatest. The goat. He's, he's the goat. goat. He's, he's the, the goat. goat. All right, I'm not going to dispute it. My question, to y'all though, do y'all feel the same type of way that y'all have in the past about New England this year? I'm just not feeling it. I don't know what it is. I just feel like same thing with Philly that I've always told you, Matt. There, there's no magic. I feel like New England's kind of blah. Where if Gronk's in, yeah, Gronk's a threat. Edelman is doing his part. Michelle is the only one that's truly hey, coming it's about. Michelle. It's only oh Michelle. my God! All right, let's do <laughs> let's do the European accent right now. By the way, where's he from? What is that last name? Michelle. Dodge what is ball. that last name? It's, from Dodgeball. it's Dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> so, Blade. so, so all right, the Patriots this year, they're seventh in pass, de- pass offense DVOA, eighth in run offense DVOA. And this is the worst offense they've had in five years. It may be worse than that going past five years. I didn't look up the numbers past five years, but for five years, it's been the worst offense they've had. And last week, Tom Brady played just as good as Josh McCown did. And this offense is the worst it's been in five years. I'm not saying Tom Brady has declined exactly, but he's about to. This is like this is where the decline the start. starts. Like this is the top of the roller coaster, Whoa. and then like how what happened to Peyton, like he's gonna lose it really fast from here. So my question for both of y'all, because I want y'all to state it right now on the record, are y'all doubting Tom Brady? Nope, I will not. Whoa. I will not doubt the Patriots or Tom Brady until they lose a major playoff game. They're under the radar right They've now. They've lost the Broncos They're, before and stuff. Well, but, 
But they've still made it back. They've won. Super yeah, they've made it back. But like, yes. even if they lose this year, they still make it back next year. That's the thing. Until they completely go off the rails, and like they have to not the play- make the playoffs. So when what does it when take? The Bills what does it take? Or the Dolphins <laughs> or the Jets win that division. That's when Tom Brady is done. Dude, what a day it's gonna be. Uh, I'm pretty sure the media, ESPN, everybody, even us, right, would I just got, be. I got a question. Pre- I got a question. Right, what do you got? What do you got? First quarterback to win an AFC East championship: Sam Darnold, Josh Allen. Or Ryan Tannehill. Josh Allen. Yeah, I hope so. Too. Actually, I was going to say, you know what? Screw him, and he's the first time. <laughs> We're going with Ryan Tannehill, baby. <laughs> Woo! He's still a great quarterback prospect. Stop it. 32 he's 32. Stop it. I mean, he's 32. I mean, full of it and at he's this still, point. He's still a quarterback. He's still a stop prospect it. quarterback. God. But no, I, I don't doubt the Patriots until it completely unravels and they win four games in a season. As long as they have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, they've, they've got a shot to win it all. They have enough weapons to make it work. Michelle is good. Gronk is good enough to make you know be a threat in the red zone. I don't I don't doubt him until until the wheels completely fall off. Right, all right, so so my real question to you guys though, in all honesty, because if we're all just so gun ho about the Patriots, are the Vikings a real deal? Because the thing is, this is a team that truly is fighting for a playoff spot. No matter what, New England is making the playoffs. They're going to win their division, so that's one thing. So when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings, are they going to get that wild card seed? They seem to have more to play for here. We talked about this earlier. They have the 13th hardest schedule the rest of the way out. The Panthers have the 12th hardest schedule the rest of the way out. And, like, it's still, it's kind of like, I don't know. Like, I, really yeah, don't know. I think the key for the Vikings is that Dillon and Diggs are ridiculous. Yep. It's also hilarious how much better Thielen is than Diggs is number-wise, even on the same number of targets. That's racist. It's not racist. <laughs> and then, I think the key, though, to the Vikings defense has gotten a lot better recently is that they have three pass rushers. It can't all be Nell Hunter. It can't be all Everson Griffin. And then especially Sheldon Richardson on the inside, that's an yeah. integral part of their defense. Stopper. Also, the Patriots' uh, pass blocking, they're second in pressure rate. And they have a really they have, a, they have such an underrated offensive line. The Patriots are much better running team that people give credit for. And they do a really good job of blocking for Brady, of course, as they've always done. We're like no-name guys, you know. Do you know that's who Shaq they, Mason is? So, yeah. Do you know who Joe Thune is? Right guard, left guard. <laughs> By the way, you just angrily said that to me, and then you looked at him and <laughs> well, even I, more I angrily. You looked at what? You like, know. that was really angry. I'm I don't angry. know how I'm to mad. take that right now. The thing well, is, so the Vikings, the Vikings are Kirk Cousins. Are they elite? Are they good? Are they bad? We're still trying to figure out. And that's been Kirk Cousins' entire career. Hammond, before we answer that question is, here's the question to Matt. Matt, who's better, Case Keenum or Kirk Cousins? Cousins is better. Cousins. Like, Keenum had a better year. Oh, that's what I wanted you to say. So, in, with this team right now, who's having the better? But they're not the same things, though. I'm asking you a direct they're question like, here, Kirk, Matthew. Uh, Case Keenum in 2017 is better than Kirk Cousins in 2018. There it is. So, you're saying that the team last year was better than the team they're this year. all last year is better. So, you're saying that the team same, last hey. year was better. From the Minnesota, <laughs> they're Minnesota they're Vikings the source, thing, last year's Minnesota Vikings team was better than this year's. Yeah. From the source. Well, wait, I'd prefer. From the source. He's in the locker room. So he has a locker room inside. I yeah. know you're from Minnesota, but you don't have a locker room. In- He's in the locker room. What is Latavius Murray thinking right now? 
I'm going to get 2.9 yards a carry for Sunday, and I'm ready to go. Dude, and a touchdown. my question to you was, who's a better running back, Latavius Murray or Dalvin Cook? Dalvin Cook's Cook. better. Oh, that's great. Then how come when it comes to uh, carries last game, 10 carries for Dalvin Cooks for 29 yards. Latavius Murray, 11 carries for 33 yards. You know Again, what I say when I hear that? I hear that's the same con- running it's back. Context. It's context. It's context. Murray got most of his carries at the end of the game when the Packers were already down by 14 didn't carry anymore. You're trying to make me look silly They're right trying now. I'm not sure Dalvin Cook's health. And that Cook was so, actually Cook my other question to follow up. Or as a pass catcher. Cook has been integral as a pass catcher, and that's the reason more important this year. Also, I have some funny uh, New England Patriots receiving stats. So their targets this year, James White's 94, Edelman 61, Gronk 50, Gordon 54, Hogan 38, Dorsett 32. The funny part is the game started. So White started 11, Edelman has started 7, Gronk has started 8, Gordon has started 8, Hogan started 11, Dorsett started 11. And so like after eight games, since after three games in the year, their offense has changed and they've become like, you know, like everybody, they have a lot better pass catchers now and they're being fully integrated in this offense. And like Edelman is super good too. I forgot how good he was since he was gone all he last just, year. He finds a space. My, the crazy thing He's so angry is, too. I think Edelman makes me feel okay to be a white man. A short white man. <laughs> <laughs> just not as athletic. Not even close to being as yeah. athletic. Here's my question to you both though. In their prime, this is talking prime here. Who's better? Welker or Edelman? I would say Edelman. Because, like, well, no, let's, let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest here. Except for that clutch, Super Bowl winning touchdown pass he dropped. Well, he Come on, that was so behind it. him. And listen, you're acting like Giselle, Giselle right pass. now. You're it's acting so like Giselle. Giselle. Like you're just now. saying, I'm I sorry my husband can't catch the ball, too. Edelman, That's what you're well, saying to me right his now. Would drop, her husband drops the ball anyways. Every time. Edelman, um, though. Oh, wow. By the way, I'm telling Giselle. He would caught that pass. <laughs> the thing that's crazy to me is James White. Like he's He's been the staple of their offense this year. But every other year prior to this, he kind of gets put to the wayside. But this year, he's been amazing. Well, he, he's on pace to break the record for most receiving targets from a running back. And it's just like Bray's like, he hacks the ball. He's like, I don't want to get hit. I really don't want to get hit. Don't All right, four seconds, I'm giving it to James White. If he gets hit, who cares about him or whatever. And they pass blocks so well that it's okay. But the the question is, though, one, if Gronk can be healthy for them. this That's what I was going to kind of ask. And then two... Can Brady throw the ball downfield? He can throw the ball 15 yards. He cannot throw the ball 30 yards. And that's really hurt this offense. Is that the clip? Is that kind of where he's at right now? That's, because, that's where the decline starts. Yeah, but and I agree. But you know I say Listen, that? The great, then, I know he's going to show us all up right now, but I'm with you and where you're leaning. Without Gronk, what does he have? I mean, he can Josh do so Gordon, much. Julian Edelman, James White. But that's the that's the that's hold on the hold on Matt. That's being the Tyler. Did you just call me a bitch? I feel like you just called me a bitch. That's what I heard. And we have tw- eleven year olds who listen. To us. <laughs> they oh, by the way, this is the after night. And once we go past the hour, this is the after night show. This is this is very stupid. All right. So my whole thing is: can we forget about the Patriots right now? When it comes to the Vikings, guys, this is a much bigger game when it comes to the Vikings. This is where Kirk Cousins truly has to prove himself again, which I will give them this amount of credit. The Vikings have had to prove themselves every, every single game. week. Every I mean, they have had a tough matchup yeah. every single week this year, and it's kind of been insane. 
the one thing that has been proven correct, that defense is not near as good as what it was last year. It's like the Jags. And now they're relying on Kirk Cousins to be able to pull them out. It's, what it's like Washington, the Jags, but the Jags have Bortles with Ted Cousins. You're cutting me off, and you're calling me ugly. I hate it. <laughs> so, you know what? So All I'm the, saying. As the Vikings truther here, this is a, a pretty important game for the Vikings, looking at their schedule going forward. They play the 13th. They got the Seahawks, the Dolphins, the Lions, and the Bears. If they don't get past the Patriots, I don't think they're making the playoffs. That well, is I talking think, from I, a true Vikings fan. He is a Viking. <laughs> Literal, uh, yeah, literal Viking. Vargo is a very good show. Oh, my so God. So, for the picks, I'm going to pick New England with the points. but the No, I'm going to pick the Vikings with the points, but New England to win. So, I'm going to pick New England 31-27. Oh, wow. Such a big man you are. This is where I take the lead over you, and I show that I am much bigger than you could ever be. Much bigger. Much bigger. <laughs> Vikings. <laughs> 28. Patriots, 25. 25? 25! What do you got to say, Hammond? What's your pick? Vikings, 27. Patriots, 24. Wow. All he wanted to do was have a one-point difference in me. I think he has a crush on the uh, Vikings. I would, I would not make an actual decision on this if I didn't have to right now. Me They're like it's super close, and it's weird. It's kind of weird. Also, just like I still can't remember the fact that Josh McCown... Played as well as Tom Brady did last weekend. But have you seen this here? It was unbelievable. They oh, both had Brady heads in. Oh, wait. Come on. The coolest thing about McCown is when he released that photo, because how many daughters does he have? Like seven. Or he like has like seven or something where they each wore a different jersey of his. Yeah, 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 where yeah, he played yeah. from a different team. That was really and, cool. And that, that, was like two that was kind of ago. awesome. That was like two or three teams ago. But too. if you're a dad, how badass <laughs> are you? Like, how badass are you in that scenario? You kind of are the biggest and baddest dad out on the entire campus. Yeah. All of those are mine. Those are all my girls. Everybody look. Those are all my ladies. It's like a Tim Except Allen. Those are his daughters and not ladies. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is a family it's, it's show. I thought, whoa, Matt, what are we doing right now? Is this some type of porno <laughs> cinemax? No, it's a it would be a good Tim Allen Fox 830 sitcom <laughs> that everybody gets upset God. about watches. Dude, I don't want to be a part of this show whoa. anymore. I, I feel like I haven't talked enough about the Cowboys. Do you know how great Amari Cooper is? You're shaking uh. right now. <laughs> Taylor's literally, his, his veins are bulging out of his you're, neck right now. He is way too You're the neighborhood dog of my life. I see Amari Cooper, man. All right, That's so anyways, we can recap real fast, or attempt to recap real fast. Attempt. So, for Chargers, Steelers, I have the Chargers, you have the Steelers. I don't have the Steelers, the char- I have the Chargers. You don't even remember our pick. I got it right here. God, you're so worthless. We both have the Chargers. 49ers, Seahawks. I have the Seahawks. You have the 49ers. Denver, Cincinnati. I have Denver 24-22. You have Cincinnati 24-17. So we both have the same pick with Cincinnati with the points. I Minnesota, New England. I have Minnesota 31-27. I have New England 31-27. You have Minnesota 28-25. And then Hammond has New England 27-24. No, Vikings 27 you have the Vikings. You don't even remember Hamlet's pick. He's a special guest, and you don't even remember. Can we finish with one thing? Is Venom in the fantasy championship? We're not doing Venom. Let's do Venom. Next week. No, no, no. Let's do Venom. Come on, man. Venom's not that bad. 
What do we have? What do we have? You have 30 seconds. All right, let me pitch my 30-second tribute here. Why you should not see this movie? All right. So Mr. Miracle was the greatest comic book I've ever read in my life. It ended with a man who supposedly died in the first issue, but yet in the very last issue, it was him being in limbo the entire time questioning his existence of life but you know what it chalked up to be who cares if the man is happy to where he is who cares if he's alive or dead oh my god mr miracle greatest comic book i've ever read in my life i'm done what does that have to do with venom venom was a really good comic book movie i just wanted to talk about mr miracle i'll be honest (laughs) all right well you're a liar and i've messed up some of these picks it's my fault but anyways (laughs) Thank you for listening to Red Radio. My name is Matt Weston. Thank you for being on tonight for an hour exactly, Taylor. I hate you. We'll be back on next Thursday. It's about week 14. God. It's already week 14. Yeah. Christmas time, though. We're going to die. We're going to Christmas. We're going to die one day. It's already week 14. Dude, I can't wait for Christmas. I'm going to be talking so much Christmas stuff. I can't wait to die, so (laughs) we're in the same boat. Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you listen to podcasts, check it out.